hairs on my body started standing on end. Silent. Nothing there. I fought to get back into my body. You are going to be a vital importance of helping us convince the masses. Type 471. Type 471. Bridge to the other world. Bridge to the other world. Welcome to Type 471. I'm Sam Kitchen. My guest today is Corinne Grillo. Now, she is a seeker after truth. She is an experiencer. She helps people. She wants to deliver insight to people. And her website is CorinneGrillo.com. That's C-O-R-I-N-G-R-I-L-L-O.com. She works with intuition. She works with angelic type experiences. She works with psychedelic medicine. She's an interesting lady, and I'm very interested to speak with Corinne today. Corinne, welcome to Type 471. How are you? Ah, I'm doing great. It's such a pleasure to be here with you, Sam. Oh, well, it is quite the pleasure in return. I, I, I bring that energy right back to you, Corinne. Thank you very much. <laughs> so I want to know a little bit about you. I, I, I understand you are now kind of, uh, you, you live in the Bay Area, but you take people to my area or you're, you're, you're kind of starting a thing where you're bringing to people to my area. I want to know about your background. I want to know what got you into all this. And I want to know what's happening now as you're kind of, you know, in, in the Bay Area and in the Mount Shasta area at the same time. I want to know everything that's going on, Corinne. <laughs> oh, my gosh. What? That's a big, that's a, that's quite a package to unpack. I'll it, try and. It's and, a mouthful, isn't it? It is. It is. Well, um, I am a licensed psychotherapist and about 10 or 11 years ago, I had this radical experience with angels where, um, and I wasn't really a believer. I'm not a religious person or anything like that, uh, or I was not. So yeah, I had an encounter with angels. I witnessed a miracle. That miracle kind of activated uh, my spiritual uh, spidey senses. And since, you know, then I started developing a relationship with angels and slowly but surely uh, the angels guided me out of just simply doing one-on-one -on -one psychotherapy practice and into the wonderful world of becoming an intuitive healer and teaching um, teaching these, uh, these modalities or, you know, in teaching people how to open their intuition and how to heal with the power of spirit. Um, I started that and that turned into kind of like an international thing. So now I do transformational retreats and I um, have a, you know, intuitive healing training and, uh, and people all over the world are just having fun, you know, learning about angels and learning how to work with spirit to really make a radical shift in their heart, minds and lives. Oh, excellent. I understand you had a, a workshop this past weekend. What all transpired during your workshop? Okay, so that one, so this weekend was really a deep dive in angel channeling. And um, and I hosted it. It was for, I, I run a six-month academy. So it was a deep dive just really teaching them how to surrender and how to really learn how to um in how to discern essentially their their ego voice, just mind chatter versus the voice of the soul, the voice of spirit. Yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely. That's um I am aware of that whole process of of yeah. 
of becoming aware of the differences in these modes of cognition and uh, accessing one's true, one's true awareness and one's true being and not the, the chatter of the physical mind. Is that, that's kind of the thing we're talking about, is it not? Yes, it is. And, you know, most of us um, identify ourselves as that part of the mind, the, the chattering part of the mind. We identify ourselves with the belief systems that we have to, that we happen to be rocking based on our upbringing and where we were from. But the more that we go deeper inside of ourselves, the more that you learn, you're, you learn there's another voice in there and, and that that voice is the one to be followed. Um, that voice is the one to be listened to. And it's more like a soft whisper, which is why a lot of us don't can't hear it because our minds are often full of self-deprecating thoughts or just feeling butthurt about this or that and, and our excessive amount of responsibilities. So, so yeah, there's the mind chatter and then there's that voice that's connected to our purpose here that is trying to guide us into freedom. Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, as a matter of fact, Edgar Casey referred to that as the still small voice within. Ah, yeah, that one. That 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 guy. That's yes. That's the voice. And I was not attuned to that voice before. Not really attuned to it before that angel miracle that happened. I mean, as a matter of fact, when that miracle happened, um, right before that, I was in a very dark period in my life, and I had struggled with depression for a few decades. Well, really, my whole life. Um, so I was not like you know <laughs> doing anything good with my life. I. I, uh, at the time I was drinking, I don't know, like a bottle of tequila every couple, a whole, like a big bottle, like every couple of days I was, you know, um, on antidepressants, taking a bunch of Adderall. Like I was not living right is what I'm saying. So, um, I was definitely not able to hear the good voice inside of me, um, and pretty much suffered with all, you know, with all, all the drugs and all of that back in in, in my twenties and and uh, it really wasn't until my encounter with angels that it had a, a deep impact in my, in, in a change, a total change in my personality. And it was kind of effortless. It wasn't anything that I had to work hard for. Wow. Yeah. We, we really seem like kindred spirits in a lot of ways. In, really? Uh, right. Yeah, very much so. Uh, I have lifelong challenges with anxiety and depression and PTSD and all this stuff. So. Oh. Yeah, and, and I have misused alcohol as a means of, of dealing with these things. You know, uh, sensitive people, such as myself, and I believe this must also apply to you as well, Corinne, sensitive people, we have our, our gifts and our perceptions and our talents and all these wonderful things, but there is a very, there is a very strong complementary opposite to this that tends to be filled with anxiety. And uh, sensitive people, we, we tend to not have those filters in place that a lot of people do. So we, we, we process things, and we're just kind of a raw nerve, are we not, Corinne? And so when we're, yeah. kind of, when we're hit with all this stuff, uh, it's kind of hard to deal with at times. So we deal with it in some of the some really wrong ways it's, it, it, at yeah. times. It's like intensely wrong. I mean, it, for, for me, I dealt with it. I mean, it's, it's, I, and I'm sure with you too, it's a miracle we're both alive, you know, mm-hmm. but, um, but yeah, we are, and that's what I, you know, discovered over time. And that's really, I talk to people about when, um, when they're suffering also with, with the big emotions and struggling, it's like, we have to honor that we're sensitives. And when you don't know you're a sensitive, you don't know you're an empath, you assume all that shit that you're carrying around is you. 
Um, but a lot of times you're, you're carrying the response, the, the weight and the emotions of a lot of other people. Even if you've had your own trauma, which I definitely did, if you are super sensitive, you're kind of like, you know, hosed unless you, um, you get that experience or you start digging deeper inside of yourself to find a different kind of resource. Yeah. And it can really take time for people to become aware of these things, like uh, become aware, like you said, that that it's not all your own stuff that you're carrying around. If you're a sensitive, sometimes you're carrying around other people's stuff and it takes a long time to to realize these things. I'm I'm 44 years old and I'm you know, I'm still becoming aware of these things, you know, exactly. Yeah. exactly. yeah. And those, you know, those vices that we that we use to kind of numb out. Gosh, they're so wonderful in so many ways. Um, but they also can inhibit us from really moving into our full, fuller potential and the reason why we came here. So, I mean, I have a kind of like a, you know, I love, I love alcohol. I love it all. But, you know, I had to make a, actually, Sam, by the way, I've had one year with zero alcohol at all. Ah, congratulations. Uh, Very good. I was like, that was my last frontier, and I had let go of kind of everything else for a while, but the alcohol just kept cycling back. It's like, come back to me. I would stop for like a year or two or not really it, have it not be a thing, and then it come back. And of course, COVID, you know, the whole COVID situation, it just, you know, everybody's shit just started pouring out. All their old patterns start coming back, you know? So, yeah, but yeah, thanks for, you know, I'm so glad that it's always wonderful to hear other people realize who they are and that it's just that they're like, you know, just that you're sensitive and it's not necessarily a bad thing. And it can be one of our greatest gifts if we learn how to um, kind of work with energy, work with our own energy and, and, you know, pick up strategies for to, to what's the word insulate ourselves from the harshness of the world. Yeah. We can kind of, we can remain sensitive, but kind of also, uh, protect ourselves at the same time. And it's, it's a, it's a balance. It's, it's a matter of finding that, that balancing point in order to do that, one kind of has to access their truest self. And, uh, that kind of shows the way to how to deal with the rest of it. I think. I think you're right. Yeah. And, you know, inside of each of us, we have a really unique recipe and formula to not just, you know, survive, but to thrive. And definitely the angels were part of that recipe for me um, as well. And are, you know, and really support and help a lot of people as well when they learn how to work with them more intensely and um, powerfully. But yeah, it was something else about angels that I want to say. It's not they don't just help us. I, I feel in what I've seen over the years of working with other people, working with large groups of people all over literally like the world is, is what they can support us with is to really help deepen our connection to ourselves and to our life path, to our purpose. And um, that's always one thing I want people to understand is like, it's not just, Hey, I'm just going to pray. It's, it's you, you can really work with spirit to help you unlock some of your hidden potential, some of your deeper desires and your joys and your passions. And what spirit has done for me is given me the, I guess, the audacity to um, believe in the vision of life to be different, to do weird things, you know, and to not, you know, for me to not just be a psychotherapist anymore, but to really I don't know, take a leap of faith and start talking publicly about things like angels, right? You know, they can, they can help us with that. But for you, you know, you're out of the spiritual or out of the closet too, right? You're just doing your thing. 
Big time, big time. I am, I am out and proud of the spiritual closet, that's for sure. <laughs> so good. I love it. Uh, Corinne, you, you have mentioned this inciting incident of yours in which you had this angelic experience. Um, I absolutely appreciate the intimate and private nature of these experiences and the sacred nature of these experiences. So if you're not in a position to share, if you if you feel like you should not share this or, or not comfortable sharing, I totally understand, but I just have to ask the question anyway. Um, <laughs> if, 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 if there is some aspect of this experience that you are comfortable sharing, or indeed all aspects of this experience, whatever you're comfortable sharing with this experience that you had, this inciting incident, I'd, I'd like to know as much as we can, please. Oh, sure. Damn. It's totally cool. Like I, I wrote a book about it. Um, <laughs> I, I shared it in my book. So I have a book that was published a couple years ago. It's called The Angel Experiment. And I kind of talk more in detail about, about the experience. But let me give you, yeah. So, so I already told you a little bit about what I was doing back then, right? Like drinking a bunch. Yep. And, you know, the problem was, like many people, I was burning the candle at both ends. I was a mother of a three-year-old and then on the brink of, like, a possible divorce. So I was working a lot to try, like, working, you know, as a, a county mental health professional, trying to build my career and prepare, you know, so that I can take care of myself, take care of my daughter if anything bad happened. So I didn't have a lot of time for self-care, a lot of time for myself. So that's why I was like, in a way, medicating. I would pick myself up by taking a bunch of Adderall in the morning and then calm myself down by drinking a shitload at the end of the day. And I remember like going to work and wishing, you know, hoping that someone would crash into me or something so that I could take a break by being in the hospital or possibly be dead. You know, it was it was like that kind of <laughs> mentality. Wow. It's a little extreme. It was pretty extreme. Yeah. But I mean, that really represent represented the first, you know, 35 years or so of my life. So a friend of mine, it was my birthday. A friend of mine bought me a an angel reading and I had never had one of those before. And so I was like, woohoo. And she didn't know that I was struggling. I was I also, like so many of us, I was really good at hiding the actual suffering and pain that I was in. So people didn't really know what I was going through and I hid it well. So she just, quote unquote, randomly uh, bought me this angel healing. And so I went to this lady thinking I was just going to like a fun psychic and the lady's like, she's just like, look, you have a lot of angels with you. This is what they want you to know. This is what they're saying. And she started whipping out all of this information that I would not, never even want to talk to anybody about. It was like, I don't even want to talk to you about this shit. And she started whipping it out. And um, then she started doing some energy healing on me. And I could totally feel it. Like I could feel the vibrations. I could feel something happening. And when I left her session, I felt so much better that it was like, whoa. So as I was leaving, I was like, whoa, dude, you have some serious magic. I wish I could do that. And she said, stop it. You have that magic too. Just talk to the angels as if they're real and start listening. And I'm like, okay, well, whatever. So that's what I did. I started talking to the angels. I right away, like all day in the car. And I started having all these synchronicities happen. I don't know if that's ever happened to you. You know, when I'm talking about synchronicities and like, you feel like something out there is trying to communicate with you and you're like, what the hell's going on? It happens constantly. And, and as a matter of fact, like, like I was telling you off mic a little while ago, the moment I lined up with my purpose, these synchronicities start happening on a daily basis. Exactly. So that's what started happening, right? 
So I was just like, okay. And I remember driving in the car and feeling almost like I was riding in a spaceship because I felt so light and bright and it was like wonderful. So one day I was, and I used to work in, um, in one of the, one of the barrios of Los Angeles, you know, I'm a, I'm a Latin American. So I was working to, you know, help gangbangers and things like that out there and get my hours as a psychotherapist and stuff like that. So I, it's about day three of me talking to angels. I'm like, Hey guys, I love you. And I'm driving down the street through the hood and a bird uh, drops down from the sky about pigeon size and lands directly in front of my car. So, um, I was, you know, I, I, I hit the brakes. I look at the bird and I couldn't believe, I, I was just like, dudes, like angels, you know, I'm talking to you. We're all loving and lighting. And then what's up with this carcass here? You know, like what's going on? So I look at the bird and it's got a broken wing and it is kind of like running itself in circles on the ground, trying to push itself up and it couldn't. And because I was in the state that I was in, my heart was open. I had been like essentially in prayer for three days straight. It I really impacted me. You know, I really could feel, I felt bad for this bird. But again, I'm a single woman driving in the middle of the hood. So I was like, look, I'm not going to get out of this car right now and get like a cap in my ass or whatever. So I'm going to just do what I've been doing over these last few days and pray, right? So I I asked the angels to put this bird out of its suffering and I apologized to the bird, but like I had to go to a client's house and I was going to be late. And so I did some prayers, asked the angels to come support this bird. I get like, you know, I felt the love overflowing, but I still felt really guilty. So I, I do that. And as I drive around the bird, continuing to send some prayers, and this may have been like the first time ever that I was praying like officially, because again, I wasn't, you know, religious or anything like that. So I get in front, you know, I'm driving, I look slowly, slowly driving. I, I look in my rear view mirror and I look on the ground and I see the bird still there, but it looked weird. Like it started kind of rippling or wobbling or kind of bouncing on the ground. And so I stop the car, I keep watching. And what I see, and it's only a few, few feet away from my car, what I see is a small tiny bird jump up from the body of that bird and fly away. And then another tiny bird jump up from the body of that bigger bird and fly away. And then a third bird that was kind of a little smaller than the other two, it was a little darker than the other two, kind of waddle up and, and <laughs> fly away. And I looked and I kept watching and, and that bird, that original bird, that pigeon-sized bird had completely vanished. And so I get up out. Of, so then I go, okay, did I just see that? And I get up out of the car and the bird is gone. And the only way I can describe this feeling, it's like as if hallelujah had a feeling in your body. It was like static electricity. It was like these waves of love, waves of love, waves of bliss. It's hard to explain. But I could feel like my hair, like wanting to stand on its end. It was like electric. So, so I was like, okay, because first of all, I was not high. Okay. I was not drunk. I was not like, like it was just, so with that, that set me on a journey of really knowing that angels are here. Spirit is real and that miracles are possible. And so when I saw that happen, I said, well, if that could happen for a bird with a broken wing, 
Like, what could that do for me? You know, if I keep doing the thing. So actually after that experience, I, of course, like I felt lighter, brighter. And, and that's really where the deeper dialogue with, with spirit and angels came in. This is amazing. Wow. I, I, I love this. I love this experience. I love where this experience took you. I want to I want to ask you all about where this experience took you on. I want to get into a number of things with you. Uh, first, I just want to focus on this moment that you're talking about, though, this amazing moment, this bird. It, a, a bird emerged from the body of this bird, then a, another bird from the body of that one, et cetera, et cetera. And then, and, and, and this initial bird, the body of this bird in the road was gone by the time this, uh, this full expression of this bird had, had fully ascended. This, this bird on the ground had disappeared. Yeah. It, wow. Yeah. This is amazing. So, yeah, essentially turned into three little birds and flew away. And, uh, I didn't know how to wrap my brain around that, you know? and. And because I'm a psychotherapist, I'm also aware of mental health conditions like psychosis, bipolar, schizophrenia. So I knew that, like, if I shared this with anybody, they're going to, especially my friends, you know, they're therapists, they're going to, like, hospitalize me. Uh-huh. <laughs> so, so I didn't I didn't say it out loud and tell anybody I was having this, like, full on revival on the inside of me. But I was really hesitant to share share that story <laughs> for quite a while. I don't blame you. Uh- yeah. Yeah, and and the the mental health profession unfortunately has not classically traditionally been been so open to this stuff. But uh, these yeah. these days, I I am encouraged though because I am finding a lot of mental health professionals are much more open to this stuff, and they're actually embracing you know, it's, you know the, the therapeutic process from a spiritual point of view. Yeah, I mean it's wonderful to see. Um, you know, I've definitely seen some big changes over the last uh, several years, so it's definitely more embraced and more open. But you know, when this miracle was happening, it wasn't it wasn't like that. I and I didn't really know anybody in the spiritual community or world or anything like that. So I felt really alone in it. But yeah, um, yeah, it was kind of, it was a big, it was a big, it was a situation, Sam, I'm not going to lie. It was a situation. Right. Well, you know, enlightenment is often called a crisis for for a reason, you know, it's, it's, it's a big deal. It's, it's a big deal when we when we confront uh, this new, uh, this truer level of being, because it, it, it shows us that all the, all the things we thought were ourselves in our lives, it's all superfluous and it's all just not really us, you know? So the enlightenment process, it is, it is a crisis when we're confronted with, with, with higher being, with higher awareness of, of true being than then we're forced to we're forced to die in some ways. Also, the things that we think of as ourselves, they have to fall by the wayside. Exactly, exactly. So that was exactly the uh, the beginning of the redefinition of uh, the role that I play in life, and that the role that life plays with me. And yeah, it was a bit of a crisis in the beginning because I mean, I was super like in. I I was having a lot of fun with it on the inside. But there was all this fear and worry that if I spoke out, I would be ridiculed or persecuted or, or like uh, lose my license or, you know, you know, my identity, right? My identity as a psychotherapist, what would all of that mean? 
kind of thing. So yeah, I had to go through the whole, like, you know, eventually get to the place of who gives a shit. This is really helping me and it could help others in theory, because what would happen in my one-on-one practice is that I would feel spirit come in. I would feel angels. I would start getting messages for people. And then I didn't like, it was awkward, you know, I was like, okay, well, we're supposed to be psychotherapizing right now. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Like, how am I supposed to say, hey, there's an angel here and they want to talk to you about what happened to you when you were six? You know, it's like, OK, that's weird. So um, so it took me a while to start owning it, I guess, and start bit by bit coming out of the closet, spiritual closet. Sure. Yeah. And I, I hate to I hate to just completely change the subject. But did you hear that a moment ago when another when when a, when a guy's voice just suddenly appeared in our conversation? Did you hear that? No, I didn't hear that. That was super weird. I have never experienced that before. Oh my God, who was it? I don't uh, know. Just just some uh, guy's voice just suddenly appeared. Oh my God, that is so exciting. I wonder if it picked up on tape. It, yeah, it, it did. It, it's recorded on my end for sure. No way. Oh my gosh, that is so cool. I mean, yeah, this stuff is so fun. I'm telling you. And you know, <laughs> you know what? When, when I do these interviews, that's when weird phone stuff happens. Really? Oh God, I love it. Yeah. I mean, we get like light anomalies sometimes if we're doing like webinars or lots of cool stuff happens. I love this stuff. It keeps us on our toes, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. (laughs) And it shows us that when you look into the unknown, the unknown looks back. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm-hmm. Ain't that the truth, brother? Yes. That is absolutely the truth. So I want to ask you a couple things. First of all, now, I, I, I do not rush to define things that humans do not properly understand. So I'm not asking you to define something that is, you know, beyond the scope of humanity at present. But I want to know what your feelings are as to the nature of an angel. Na- angels are defined in so many ways. The word angel is broadly applicable. It, it, it means a lot of different things in a lot of different contexts. So I want to know... It, without defining something that exists beyond or outside the, the scope of humanity at the moment, beyond the understanding of humanity at the moment, without yeah. doing that, what is your current impression as to the nature of an angel? Okay, thank you for saying all of that preamble, and because it does transform, it does change, and there's not one truth on the matter from my perspective. My, my truth has been evolving the whole time, so it, and it'll keep changing as well. But I think one of the bigger eye openers for me, and, and people classically know that the word, or some, some people know that the word angels is derived from the Greek word angelos, um, which was a translation of the word, the Hebrew word malach from the uh, Old Testament. So malach means messenger, and in Greek, messenger means angelos, and then now we have angels. So we're, angels are known to be messengers. However, I find that one mistake that some people make is that people think of angels as uh, as part of a religious tradition. And what I discover, what my sense tells me is that angels surpass, go beyond just any one religion. So angels are here for all of us. Angels are here to help, can be helpers. I do not see them as separate from our creator. I think they're extensions. They're like fingertips of our creator. And, um, and that they're here to kind of like help us help clean up the mess, (laughs) (laughs) help clean up the mess. But I feel like they are, they work, um, 
if even if you look at ancient cave paintings or whatever, every every culture around the world, whether they're working with natural, um, you know, shamanic practices or or major religions, most religions um, will talk about benevolent beings that come to our aid in one way or the other. They're going to talk about it. So I just you know. Um, so I feel like they're here for all of us. We don't have to be fixed to have a fixed ideology about religion or about anything that they're here to really support our support us to live in joy, um, in freedom and to, you know, gain wisdom and to heal. I'm very glad you said all of this. As a matter of fact, your thinking on the matter is virtually identical to my own. Uh, no kidding. Yeah, yeah, no kidding. Uh, as angels, as extensions of the creator, like uh, kind of various manifestations for the point of kind of bridging the gap between low human consciousness and the infinite divine consciousness. Exactly. Right. Exactly. Yeah, that's how I think. I, I think about it um, because it does feel like having friends. Once you're kind of tuned into it, it's like, oh, I got friends around. But I see, you know, like the archangels as different faces of God, different faces of, of creation. And so some people say, well, why do you talk to angels? Why not talk to Jesus or talk to God? And it's like, well, I am. I'm just talking to a specific aspect of God. That makes sense. I, I, I see that. Well, first of all, Corinne, I'm very, very pleased and very relieved and very happy to see that you are coming from a place where where it is it's about god it's about and it's not about a religion it's not about uh any particular word for god it's about the and and i don't want to speak for you but just uh from my own point of view this is about connecting with the one eternal infinite parent of ours that is existence itself and uh the the living conscious being that is infinite existence itself and mm-hmm. and um we have many names for this being, of course, God, creator, etc. But it, it's really, it's about connecting with that being. And we're talking about doing that via this angelic presence. And I'm very relieved to see that you, you see it from that point of view, Corinne. Oh, well, I'm glad you're, you're feeling some sense of relief. <laughs> yeah, I just, you know, it's just because I didn't learn about this stuff in a book, right? I didn't, um, I, it, it's just, a, it's just this, this is just my perception of how it is today. and. Uh, you know, we'll see if anything changes. But I, you know, from my perspective, there's there's so much powerful, delightful medicine out there for our souls. You know, for me, angels was one of my beautiful medicines that helped wake me up and help me form an authentic relationship with with our, our creator or creators, mm-hmm. right? And and uh, I think as many people are out there, there's there's a unique way for all of us to connect and find the authentic connection, which I think a lot of, you know, a lot of people might be missing, you know, and I think that's why so many people turn away from religion because maybe they were, I don't know, go, who knows, maybe they just got a bad taste in their mouth or nothing was happening for them. So I, I'm just, I feel really grateful that, that um, I found a way, you know, one, one way that's really fun and beautiful and positive and, and um, supportive that, yeah, I mean, whatever floats everyone's boats, right? Sure, yeah, and it doesn't have to be about any particular terminology or labels or, or this or yeah. that. It's, yeah, it's, it's, about, it's about coming into one's own understanding of, of truth, and we do that by going within. Insofar as our understanding of religion, my feeling is that 
the, the Western world has had a particular disadvantage over the past 2,000 years for understanding these things because we inherit our understanding of spiritual tradition of the past via the Roman Empire. We are the cultural descendants of the Roman Empire, and they had a very, very different understanding of these things than of the spiritual traditions that had been developing in the uh, eastern part of the world for thousands of years. So uh, we, we, we do not have the benefit of understanding. We, we have a gap in, in the connection of our, our, our connection to these ancient spiritual traditions of the past, and the, the Western world has never, in my opinion, never known how to properly read the the writings of of the past let me just say i am so refreshed that you're saying that <laughs> yes yes i i i agree i agree i i think uh um i you know that that we the our the west is lost i i feel like we we missed a connection there like like you're saying because we didn't get in a way a, a whole picture and you know like you're mentioning with uh, eastern philosophy i feel the same way about you know, the indigenous truths. And to me, it's unfortunate that uh, the church early in the days was, um, they spent a lot of time demonizing, you know, mm-hmm. uh, anything that was different. And, and, um, and, you know, they did, you know, did it for political power and things like that. But it's sad that we're in a way um, still dealing with the repercussions of, of that. Oh, absolutely. Yes. Uh, there is so much like, like take the take the teachings of Jesus, for example, take just the Bible alone as an example. Uh, there, there is so much from beginning to end of the Bible that the Western world does not know how to read because of, of because we received this via the Roman Empire. For example, much of the time when the number seven turns up in the Bible, it is actually a reference to the chakras of the body and the movement of Kundalini through the body. Ooh, there, I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah, it is. Uh, it, it, this is just one of many examples of how the Western world has not really had the the proper key, the proper uh, Rosetta Stone for understanding the teachings of the past. I want to know a lot more about your your work. We've talked about intuition, Corinne. Where, where does intuition come into play? In working with spirit and developing my spiritual connection and learning how to listen to my intuition and things like that. I mean, essentially, that gave me the tools to become a life hacker in a way to defy the odds. And I'm very interested in helping other people kind of crack the code or hack, hack the system that, or the recipe for success that we have been kind of spoon fed, you know, and, and kind of break, break out of that a little bit and, um, and get, I don't know. Just get 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 a little more creative. I forgot your original question. What was what was the question? Well, we had spoken recently about intuition, and I'm interested in cultivating intu- intuition. I'm interested yeah. in using intuition to apply it to all sorts of practical yeah. pr- practical issues. Uh, in- yeah. Intuition is obviously a huge thing that that incorporates the entire spectrum of being, from the lowest physical consciousness all the way up to the divine infinite consciousness consciousness in which we will ultimately ultimately participate intuition plays a part in that entire spectrum of being but uh for mm-hmm. for now i'm i'm interested in applying it in a in a in a sense that helps us figure stuff out in the world around us so uh exactly. yeah i feel like yeah so that yeah with the intuition um that's just a great starter starting point because it does help you become a, a life hacker and come up with your own um aligned solutions for some of life's problems, but we're so used to, in a way, disempowering ourselves and, and, you know, following in a sense, the herd 
um, as opposed to really, you know, believing and connecting with that deeper part of ourselves and learning how to listen to that voice. And often that voice is going to lead us. It's going to sound, some of the advices can, could sound really impractical, but um, sometimes that voice will, sometimes you need these types of solutions. So, so that impractical voice is not really impractical. It's actually very rational. It's solving the impractical problem of how we're living right now. So how we're living is kind of impractical in a way. It's like all, all of this diverted power to the external world and getting validation by, you know, all the things that we need to do. Like, oh, okay, am I a good enough mother yet? Am I a good enough father? Am I a good enough man? Am I a good enough wo woman? And it's all this external validation stuff. And learning how to work with your intuition, you really start... Um, doing things a little differently than the crowd and that brings you closer to your purpose closer to joy so i think you know intuition is essentially like the first step right to the getting real with yourself and getting real with your life right i'd say intuition is is maybe a first step of stepping outside of our cultural construct yes. through which we've been conditioned to interpret the world since our earliest days. Yeah, like, you know, we've been indoctrinated. We have been um, essentially brainwashed based on the beliefs that we grew up around. And um, and I, I'm not a, like, you know, I, I'm not full, you know, I'm not talking like, I don't know, I'm not going down conspiracy alley or anything. It's just the truth. We we take on our parents' beliefs or our community's beliefs, our culture's beliefs. But if you look around the world, everybody believes differently. So so just because you believe something today doesn't mean it's the ultimate truth. Right. <laughs> it just means you grew up a certain way and those are your quote-unquote beliefs, but that's not authentic you. And it's like what I was saying is so much of us identify with our um, belief systems or with whatever our cultures d tell us is right and true. but. Um, but I don't know about you, but that formula for success that I was spoon fed, you go to school, go to college, uh, get a job, get a career, have a child, that shit almost killed me. So that was not a good recipe for me. I needed something different. I needed to deepen my um, awareness of life beyond the veil and feel supported in that way. I needed to make a real authentic connection in order for me to come back to life. So yeah, intuition to me is your your first step to to getting real. Now, I, I do want to say the next step is balancing your intuition with your intellect, with logic, which I think some people who get um, kind of catalyzed spiritually kind of go down the intuition path, go down the spiritual path, but they kind of stay in the ethers. It's like, I'm going to channel the fifth dimension kind of thing, but they don't like balance that out with like, like 3D world and making sure your life here down on the ground doesn't crumble. So I like to use or work with spirit, work with angels, work with magic and all of those things to help create radical effects in my real life. Not not to so I can escape the planet, but to be a deeper, closer part of the planet. Yeah. And uh, first of all, when when people experience an awakening in this area, particularly a strong Kundalini awakening, it can it can kind of throw the individual off. It can, it, 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 there is such a thing as Kundalini psychosis, as a matter of fact. Yes, yes that's what I'm talking about. Yeah, you need to come back, come back down to earth after that. 
<laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it, it, people want to just go out into the ether and blast off into space, you know, in, in, <laughs> in their mind and in their entire being. And well, you're still here on the ground. You still got to ground things and deal with the the practical, mundane world around you. So there's there's a balancing of the divine and and the the, the mundane at the same time. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I think that that's the big task because. Um, because uh, I, th I think some people get it the opposite. A lot of people think of enlightenment or in ascension as a way to like, you know, shift out of the planet into like more of a heavenly divine beingness. And I feel that it's the opposite. We're here to to pull down the love, pull down the, all the good juju, um, integrate it into our bodies and and to bring it right here, right now. As a matter of fact, you're touching on another thing that Edgar Casey spoke about. He, uh, well, Edgar Casey laid out for us kind of the the, the way the way humanity works in in terms of uh, the uh, it, it, humanity's appearance in the physical universe. Just just briefly, uh, we were all created at the same time. All every last being like us was created all at the same time in the same moment before the physical universe began, and then the physical oh. universe came into being as a kind of a, a nursery for fledgling consciousness in which we could enter and uh, develop ourselves as individuals and ultimately return to the one uh, to be both individual. And at one with the one at the same time. So we would. So according to Edgar Casey, we we enter this universe for this process in which we we experience a lifetime. We reincarnate to meet the 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 law of cause and effect to meet karma, which is the law of cause and effect carried over from one incarnation to another. And this helps us to hone ourselves as individuals. Now, so the purpose of this is ultimately to escape the physical universe but Edgar Casey was very clear to point out that we're not we're not actually trying to escape we're trying to bring heaven bring the divine into our physical experience we're not yeah. we're not only trying to get away from here we're we're actually trying to bring the divine here into this flawed physical world yes yes i agree um that's that's interesting i don't know much about edgar casey but he, i mean he sounds like he was up to some some good stuff. I mean, I know I know some, but yeah, I I, I agree. And you know, because I I work with a lot of people, um, a lot of different kinds of spiritual folks. I I see some of the some of the issues, right, that we have, which is kind of leaning more towards the escapism, spiritual bypassing route, rather than um, staying profoundly human owning your human, owning your spiritual side and integrating those two um, in a, in a deeper and broader ways. And uh, so a lot of people are not addressing their, their trauma and, you know, this, these spiritual experiences can kind of have the opposite effect as opposed to, as opposed to them feeling more blissful, they can experience more alienation, right? Because it's like, well, no one else understands me. And I, you know, I'm channeling this and like, no one gets it, you know, kind of thing. Yeah, as a matter of yeah. fact, I'm experiencing that, and a number of people I know are experiencing that. Uh, what steps do we take from here? Okay, well, which part? What What are you experiencing specifically? Not being understood, being in a place within ourselves that, that just by its own nature uh, tends to divert one away from humanity. It makes one very isolated and lonely. Yeah, okay, so that's what I'm talking about. That is, it's like we're being triggered. It's like a trigger. And so we have to like look at, look and make peace in a way with our humanity at a deeper level now, 
because it's almost like as as your consciousness, this is what I kind of understand, as your consciousness gets physically activated, you know, it's like it also catalyzes some of that trauma. And so I think a lot of us right now, because of the last two years, especially, we're afraid of people. We're kind of learning how to be more and more afraid of each other. And each individual, each of us has to really challenge that necessity, challenge that feeling and go, well, is it, is it really the people or am I just like afraid of, of being hurt, you know? And sometimes there are people in our lives, I feel, that do have to fall away. Um, people that are not all the way like, like once you, like for me, you know, I came from negative Ville. I was living in butthurt alley, if you will, until like, you know, I had that miracle that my mind started changing. And I noticed like when I started changing, some of my old relationships contracts had to shift around too, because I didn't necessarily just want to sit around and hear a bunch of people like um, bad mouthing people all the time. You know, it's like I changed. I don't want to hear that. I, I want to like, you know, do other things. So are you talking about the fact that, you know, your circle has changed or do you really feel like you you're you're feeling more and more alienated? Well, first of all, the things that you just mentioned, I've, I've experienced those as well. Uh, that that exact situation, as a matter of fact. But um, what, what I'm talking <laughs> what I'm talking about is um, is just where just the nature of one's spiritual path just takes one away from those things that people identify with as themselves, you know, like overcoming that Maya, that the, the, uh, the, the Hindu word Maya means illusion. And it's, it's meant to describe this whole virtual reality simulation that we're in. That is the, the physical world. So, so it, people are engaged with this, this thing that they think is their life in the physical world, this Maya, that's this thing that they think is their self, their selfhood. Yeah. And, and people who are, who know better, they evolve away from that. People who are in a place to be aware that there is much more, they evolve away from that. I'm in that position. I know a number of other people are in that position and we're all very lonely, it turns out. So. Yeah. 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 I mean, and I totally get it. I mean, I, I experience loneliness, especially in my business because I, I, I want to like know, know more people who are kind of like doing stuff. <laughs> like, 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 you know, moving from their heart, taking risks and, um, and things like that. But I think our task is to, is to find each other, you know, in a way and, and help, help normalize this new frontier that we're experiencing. But I think we have to also be very cautious and, and make sure that we're not kind of like shitting on people who don't have the same awakening or awareness like oh those people don't understand because that's that internal split that we're still that we still have like where we're like well there's the spiritual world and then there's the material world and or there's spiritual people and there's non-spiritual people and so that is a false paradox that i think we all have to work through inside of ourselves where there is no action that is not spiritual. There is no person that's not spiritual. Um, but but with um, these unique awakenings, I think we just all have to find each other and do our best not to shut our hearts down from loving people. 
I, I agree wholeheartedly with everything you just said. When we are seeing ourselves in an awakening moment or on a spiritual path or in, in a certain spot in spiritual evolution, we are only comparing ourselves to ourselves. We do not gauge ourselves against yeah. other individuals. Yeah. We do not see ourselves as above anybody. That's that's not the point. Nobody is above anybody. We're all here learning how to access our own individuality, our, our own. We are here honing our individuality while, and accessing our truest being. And um, and 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 like I said, it, we do not ever put ourselves above another. We are all on our own individual journey. So yeah. right. And and I want to also bring up the fact that. The entire point of all of this is is love. What is love? Now, love, I see it, is a level of consciousness, is a level of the the, the ultimate highest expression of being is love. And and love, I mean that that level of being is infinite. It doesn't end. Love is that thing that allows all of us to exist at one with each other and with the source in this highest expression of being that is infinity. Love is the binding agent of infinity. And, and so, so we are here to cultivate love. And at the same time, as we love, the more, the more truly we love, the more we ascend in consciousness to this high place of being. And we're, we're here to bring each other up into that place. I feel. Yes, I agree. And, and I think, yeah, it starts with, I feel like that, you know, the intuition, all of that, it kind of like starts with, with loving yourself enough to believe um, that things could be different, that living living differently is possible for you. Because a lot of ourselves, I, I think we keep ourselves trapped, right? We keep ourselves trapped in, um, you know, jobs that we hate, trapped in relationships that just, just blatantly suck, but we just can't get out, get ourselves out of them because we're, I don't know, trying to be good people. Who knows why? But yeah, it starts with like love, like the big love is really letting yourself live fully and, and um and express yourself express your creativity express your your style of love um more fully and uh i we we have just a few minutes left in the show i i want to know how how does these how would this look if one is to join you uh when you when you go when you do one of your workshops or when you go to mount shasta what what can one expect um when undertaking this process with you when when beginning this process with you um, yeah, well, you know, this, this property that I've just, um, acquired out, out in, um, that region, my vision for that is, it's really a, a space to deepen, reconnect with who you are. Um, and I do a variety of work. Uh, usually everything that I do is going to involve something with doing shadow work, psychotherapy, really getting anchored in your mind, um, looking at blind spots, seeing where your limitations are, seeing what's holding you back, what old school trauma is kind of still influencing how you're choosing life today. And so all of that is like an important piece. Then it's like I, I work on helping people develop their unique system for connecting with spirituality. And I do that in a way that comes very natural to us because, you know, in, in our, in our foundation, um, we are very connected to nature nature informs so much of who we are. So I wanted to get a property out there with a full view of the, of Mount Shasta, of the property, because I do a lot of work sh uh, shamanically with apus and working with spirits of the land. And um, I just, so that's, you know, 
So working with spirit in a, in a really authentic, um, practical uh, relationship kind of way, I teach people how to really make a, a connection that you, where you can feel it and it feels supportive. Um, and then the last thing that I also offer are, are um, different kinds of medicine. So either we dig into discovering what your personal medicine is, you know, what you're offering, what's your gifts. Um, but we also um, sometimes work with psychedelic medicines as well. And I have been working that path for about 12 years and um, have also, you know, trained as a, a psychedelic therapist. And I just find with the right community or the right people with the right set and setting that uh, those kinds of medicines can really um, open up your awareness to your, your blind spots, but also kind of direct you towards a path towards more um, beauty and love. So those are kind of the general frameworks I teach people how to do. Uh, you know, I lead intuition workshops, um, is spiritual healing workshops. I love helping people um, uh, uh, kind of shift out of addictions. I love working with uh, relationships and people who are either on the brink, they think they might need a divorce or they think that they might want an open marriage. And I love helping people, taking them on retreat and helping them, um, you know, deepen their relationship with themselves, with each other and getting really authentically honest. So there's a lot of stuff that I do. And I'm excited to have a space to to express all of it in different ways, you know. Yeah, it's a multifaceted thing. It's very fascinating to me. I love that you're doing this. It's you know, it's all inclusive. We we need inclusivity. We can't be too uh, specialized. I think we over specialize in our culture. We need to really incorporate understanding of of just the inclusive nature of things. And you it, you take a very inclusive approach, and I find that very refreshing. Oh, thank you. Yeah. I mean, to me, these are the things that have really um, have helped me and so many other people now just really honoring ourselves in all of us, like the spiritual part of ourselves, um, the psychological aspect of ourselves, and then really embracing our 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 offering, our gift, our purpose. You know, those are it's like it's a it's a wonderful recipe. And yeah, and uh, I feel really excited and blessed to be able to be doing this work. Usually when I lead retreats, it's at someone else's properties or I'll go take some a group to Peru or whatever. So it's nice to have uh, my own home base finally to to do this work with people. Absolutely. That must feel uh, a lot more centered for you. It, well, it does. It's a lot more like I think the older I get, I'm kind of turning into like a, getting a grandmother energy going on, kind of like I, I just want to love on people and just you know, wrap them in a blankie and, and, you know, help them feel comfortable and, and love, loved again, you know, and how, and really also having a location to build community and to help people, um, feel, feel okay in community again. Cause like I said before, I think a lot of us, uh, you know, we're like, okay, I think I'm done with humans. I'm cool with that. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, because we're so wounded in community, I think it's through community that we, we do some healing as well. That is a really beautiful message. I like that. It, we we are we are wounded by the people around us, and and we need yeah. to, we need to come together with people around us to heal that. I I love that. That's so great. I hadn't ever really thought of it. I mean, yes, I, I'm aware of the group nature of the whole thing, but I hadn't thought of it in exactly that way. And that's that's really cool. I like that. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of like a trip. It, yeah, I, I know, but yeah, that's that's. I, I mean, really, I, what I'm doing is like that. This is what spirit is telling me. My next phase of of my next plan is, it's like we're gonna bring people in physical community, 
only nice people, of course, but, um, but yeah, we need some healing. And I think, um, I think, you know, gathering with like-minded people, um, who can hold those pieces of ourselves that maybe our families can't even hold for us, you know, is really important. Certainly. Now, uh, not to isolate or pick apart or anything, and I know that you can't comment, you can't, you know, talk about specific individuals, but as as pertains specifically to the psychedelic medicine aspect of things, this is something that I've been curious about, I've been interested in exploring. So I want to know, uh, can you report in a general sense on on the, the results of, of your psychedelic medicine use? Oh, sure. Like, well, you know, for for me, I, I mean, I can definitely speak at me. I, Here's, here's what generally happens for, you know, all of us people, people want like, you know, tell me what's going to happen. The thing is, is like, you can't, you know, what, what happens for you is so unique. Again, it's like back to that personal unique recipe. So, um, but, but no matter what happens during the journey, the way that I like to work with people. So a lot of times when you show up to a medicine circle, it's like, okay, there's your medicine. Bye. We'll see you. I like to stay in contact with people. And, and help them integrate whatever lessons that they learn. So people gain incredible wisdom, incredible insights. Uh, for me, it has been wonderful, like connecting, talking to my ancestors, right? I've had a few experiences with ancestors coming through and showing me where, where I need to break out of their bullshit, you know, and, and, and uh, you know, building allyship with spirit. I mean, there's so many different ways that medicine can impact us. But the main reason why I like working with medicine is that it helps you detox from the pain. Um, I like heart medicine. It helps you come in contact more closely with deeper layers of your heart. And I do feel like it's about the heart. And this is the only way we're going to get ourselves out of the pickle of, of what we're seeing on, happening on the planet right now. It's like each of us has to go into deeper layers of our heart and and do our shadow work and rectify the paradoxes and the opposites and come out of like fear and, and really like commit to being more loving to yourself and to others. Um, so plant medicine is one way to do that, but essentially everything I do will circles around into your voice and freeing yourself up. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. This, this is all wonderful. I'm very excited to hear about all of it. I really want to participate in, in some way when you, uh, when you're back in the Mount Shasta area. Um, th- there is so much more to go into. I, I feel we could talk about a number of things. I know we could talk about a number of things that we... I know! We should do this again. We should do this again. <laughs> That's exactly what I'm getting at. We need to do this at least a couple times. I, you know, we've got a lot of talk, a lot to talk about. And, 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 and as far as what you said about continuing relationships with people, I, that, that, that ties into what we're talking about right here, because I've found that same thing with this show. It's, it's, it's not just about talking to somebody and then, oh, well, that's great. I'll, you know, thanks for your contribution. I'll see you later. No, it's, it's, it's an ongoing relationship. I, I have ongoing relationships both with people who appear on my show and with the people who listen to my show. It's a community thing. It's, it, it's, it's, yeah, it's this organic participation in which everyone is kind of growing through this whole thing. And it's about continued relationships. I absolutely agree with you uh, about that, Corinne. It's no matter what form it's taking, it's about maintaining these group relationships and growing together. Yeah. Oh, yes. I, I really feel that in my heart. And I feel like, you know, I like even just talking to you today is just 
so much validation that I'm putting my energy where I belong in a way, just because this conversation has been so validating as far as like, you know, because I don't really know anybody up in that area yet, but I, I really want to like know people. And that's not always my first instinct, you know, because I'm a bit of a hermit. I'm just going to be honest. Um, but I like, I have this, like, I want to hang out with people. Right. <laughs> great like i want to get to know people and and stay friends so let's yes let's do that let's do that you know like you corinne yet again i i I have a thing in common with you i am very much i am absolutely a hermit and uh i (laughs) and yet and yet there are all these amazing things happening and all these really cool people who have this stuff in common that i'm connecting with and i absolutely want to hang out and get to know these people and you're one of them and there are a bunch of them right here in mount shasta so i I guarantee you corinne when Yeah, when you spend time right, here, let's, let's have a get together. Let's can we do, have like a mixer? Let's have a mix. Can we do that? I, I mean, I'm down. Okay, let's do. Let's all do. I would love to. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, we're doing it. A bunch of hermits gathering. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Well, it's, it's, it might be a historical first, as a matter of fact. <laughs> we're gonna commit. <laughs> it's been such a pleasure chatting with you, Sam, and hope to do it some more. Me too, Corinne. Very much so. I am on the same page with you. We're we're at the bottom of the show, as you know. So uh, I want to, like I said, there's all kinds of stuff to to talk about. So if people want to catch up, what are your books and where can they find your books? Oh, yeah. Okay. So I have a book. It's called The Angel Experiment. They can get it usually like at uh, Barnes and Noble or like Amazon. And uh, I have a new book coming out. It's not out yet. It's called Angel Wealth Magic. So that's coming out in fall this year. But yeah, people want to get connected. They can go to my website. Um, I even think I have a banner up there saying, like, if you're interested in in any upcoming retreats, I haven't, you know, I haven't um, set up the dates yet. But if you're interested, you can get on the list and then you'll be, you know, the first to know. Exciting stuff going on. The website is corinnegrillo.com, C-O-R-I-N-G-R-I-L-L-O.com. And she does, in fact, have a banner up there in which you can you can click this banner and you can participate in upcoming stuff. So like she said, there's there's not a date yet, but if you want to get on board with all the exciting stuff going on, go, go to corinnegrillo.com, click that banner, and make sure you uh, sign up to be a part of the exciting stuff to come. So Corinne Grillo. Thank you so much for joining me today on Type 471. Ah, thank you, Sam. This has been a fun convo, and I look forward to more. I do as well. I Very much so. We're, we're, we seem to be on the same page with so many things. So, <laughs> 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 so I love it. It's, it's great. All right, Corinne, I will talk to you soon. Okay. If you would like to be privy to the reckoning in consciousness that is Type 471, Go immediately to your preferred podcast platform and follow the show. Rate Type 471. Give it as many or as few stars as you believe it deserves. Say your piece in the comments. And share Type 471 with other people. Like-minded people. People like you who can hear in my voice that I am deadly serious about delivering wondrous truths to you. So if you believe in what I'm attempting to do, make sure everybody knows just how you feel about Type 471. Finally, to share your own extraordinary experiences with me, email me at type471podcast at gmail.com. I'm Sam Kitchen. Thanks for listening to Type 471. 
Northern California and Southern Oregon's preferred provider of homegrown unknown. You be well, dear listener. I will speak to you next week.